Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, folks, I am remote. I am at the World Championships at Lake Tahoe and invited by Spartan to do what they call PodFest. And I guess it's a series of interviews by different podcast hosts. But anyway, uh, I have what I refer to as my young guns. And yes, possessive. They're mine. They belong to me. (laughs) The young guns. And the young gun cast is Vijay Jones, James Nair, John Penland and Kelly Schweikart. Schweikart, but I said it right, didn't I? Schweikart, Schweikart. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll make a note of that. Okay, I apologize. Anyway, we refer to them as the Young Guns because they are the up-and-coming athletes in the sport of OCR. I believe. Truth be told, two of which I coach, uh, VJ and Kelly, and John, I've worked with on a few occasions. And uh, James, I've met for the very first time today. Very excited to hear from you because I've heard lots of great things about you. But anyway, I want to open up the, the commentary by first allowing you individually to say hello and whatever you feel like you want to say up front, starting with you. Um, what's up, guys? VJ Jones here coming back in for another podcast. Loving spending more time with Richard, you know, getting personable, you know, uh, learning him more deeply on a personal level rather than just yelling at me to run faster in our training days. But, um, yeah, good to be here, and I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what the, the day holds. Hey, everybody, it's uh, James Nair. This is my first, uh, like, official podcast with all the fellow young guns, my first official podcast with Rich Diaz. I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited to race this weekend and just Overall, the stoke is real. Yeah. Hey, I'm John Penland. I uh, just recently moved from Chicago to Colorado and really am looking forward to uh, see how altitude training is going to affect Tahoe. Uh, and I'm excited to be on the podcast today. Cool. Hi, I'm Callie Schweikart. Um, I've had the pleasure of being on Richard's podcast before, and it's so great to be back with uh, my fellow young guns. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. I fell in love with Squaw Valley last year, and hopefully it's good to me this year, too, and good to all of us. So. It needs to be good to you, gooder to you this good, year. Yeah, even better. That's gooder great. to you, gooder to you. Oh, product placement. And good to you, <laughs> and wonderful for you as well. By the way, everybody said, glad to be here. And I think there was an old comedian that said once upon a time, at my age, I'm glad to be anywhere. <laughs> and uh, I guess, at, uh, anyway, let's leave that alone. So anyway, let's talk about let's talk about uh, preparation. Can we talk about that first? Let's get it. I want to start with you, James, because I don't know you. Um, All right. You've been racing how long now? Um, this is my I think this is my third year in OCR. Um, wow. So you started racing at fourteen? Yeah, my first uh, race was an open race in uh, Sacramento. It was a sprint, 
Um, I went out, I won the open heat, and I was like, holy crap, this is, this is where it's at. This is the high point of all sports combined, you know, strength, endurance, speed, and I decided this is what I want to do forever. Forever? Forever. Okay. And uh, so since then, how many times have you raced? Um, I don't know the number offhand. Some uh, North of 20 races, I think. Okay. Have you won any? Um, I haven't won any races. I've placed on two elite podiums, and I've had many, many fourth-place finishes. And so, oh, that sucks, right? Yeah. So the, the distance that you were podiuming at? Uh, it was uh, the sprint level. Okay. And um, I've come close in some supers uh, to being, like, in the top five, top six. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there. I'm just taking it one race level at a time. Start with the sprint, eventually to the super, eventually to the beast. So did you or do you run cross-country in school? I ran cross-country for a season and a half. Right. I dropped out of cross-country to pursue OCR full-time because I realized I wasn't happy just running. I wanted to run stuff, and I also wanted to lift stuff. So I was like, I have a sport where I can do both, so I'm going to go pursue that. Excellent. John, tell me what your training's been like. Uh, so I recently moved from Chicago to Colorado, so I finally have had access to mountains and trails. So I've been really focused on chasing elevation gain, uh, working on technical running, and uh, increasing my volume to attack the longer races such as Tahoe. Okay, cool. So up until now, your focus in racing has been, did you have like a, a wheelhouse that you're chasing? Uh, personally, I like the longer races, uh, anything over 10 miles, but uh, traditionally I've done better at the sprint distance. Okay. So you're better at sprints, but you your body says, no, we really like going long. Yes. <laughs> that's that's some foolishness right there. <laughs> I, the, be, you, the, the beast race is just... An anomaly to me. I've, I've never had a successful beast. So that's up that's until every, now. Up up until now, right? So that's that's what I've been focusing on. I've just been doing tons and tons of aerobic work, just uh, lots of climbing. At almost every run I do, I'm getting at least like 2,500 feet of elevation gain. So just been hammering the distance, trying to get used to the beast. Because I'm a short course guy. I mean, were, am, were, were. Was. Next year you could be a short course guy again, <laughs> but for the rest of this year you're a long course guy. So I was a short course guy. I mean, the 3K was one of the best things I've ever done. It was exciting, yeah. best thing. But 13 miles, screw it. Let's see what happens. So Callie, hi, long, long course gal. Yeah, I uh, do love me a good long course. Um, I found that I think my strength lies in endurance mainly because. Um, it's more gritting it out a little bit as opposed to that sheer speed um, and not having that running background. I was a college soccer goalkeeper. Um, I found that gravita I gravitate towards long stuff and I enjoy it a lot. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun to work with you, Richard, and really build up a running base, uh, learn about running in a way that I never really had been exposed to it before. And, um, Kicking and screaming the whole way, too, right? I ask a lot of questions. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm what? very curious about well, everything. Well, you're going to do another four-hour run, Yeah, what? no. Are if you I, sure? Hey, I didn't even know that was a thing until I started working with it. I, did, I was like, run for four hours. But, um, yeah, so it's it's been great. And, uh, yeah, I uh, last year was my first elite season, and 
after I started working with you, got my first podium, and this year has been great with... Um, won a race. I, I won two. Won, um, won the two New races. Beast and the West Point Sprint, and then podium another day at West Point, and then at Boston, too. I don't count um, the sprints. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the sprints are geared towards me, but um, they're still fun, and that was a fun hometown race. But, yeah, it's been great, and hopefully Tahoe can just be the ice The cake. sprints are always the filler that you convinced me that <laughs> I should allow you to do. It was 20 minutes from my house. I get it. It's a beautiful venue. And so. your family, can get they can come, exactly. and it's good for them, and you get uh, kumbaya. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, all right, so collectively, short of what you you guys said, the long stuff's kind of like, that's the big challenge, right? It's like, traditionally, athletes your ages are not seasoned for that distance yet. That's right. That's it right. takes time, you know, and usually coming up in school, if you're cross country, track and field, whatever it might be, you're not really getting into those kind of races. You're really getting the short, fast, hard races. And just commonly, I find that you got to get some some age on you, you know, before you can start to settle in and be really uh, patient with the with the longer events. So, um, you know, to be clear, I kept him back from. I convinced him not to chase down the longer events early on. Try to focus on the things that he's good at. And then, now that we got all that out of the way and had pretty good success. We're going after this, which is, I think it's timely. I think it's, it's good. Um, we talked about it. Right. Actually, yeah, for sure. We, we actually talked about it about you with uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Wood saying, you know, we're trying to hold him back, but, you know, we, you've geared up for this, so this yeah. should be interesting. And as I told you, if you, if you don't make top seven, that uh, I'm going to slash the tires on your car and you're going to have to walk home. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's... This, this race is always a mystery to me, even when, like this year, I feel more prepared than I ever have. You know, working with you this, this last year and getting prepared for these races has been, you know, amazing. A really new experience for me. So I feel more prepared than I ever have for this race, but it's still something I, I can't wrap my head around. I don't have a lot of experience in those long races. I've done four beasts in my career, and I only finished three of them. And the other two, I walked the last um oh so i've only done three i've only done three beasts and i've only finished two of them so that puts everything in perspective um and i've never finished it without walking at some point from cramping so everything is just uh new to me but um we'll see how it goes so how are you feeling about this jamie jamie i said jamie i I want to be the family friend guy Either, either one's good, but um, I'm feeling excited, you know, Squaw Valley, Tahoe, it's, it's my backyard, I get to train on trails all the time, and I'm very fortunate that I get to do that. Um, I have done better in the past at shorter courses, so, you know, distance isn't exactly my strength in terms of race history, but I like running long, it's fun to me, it, you know, you go to a place mentally and physically you didn't know you could go before, and I'm just excited to see how far into that place I can take myself. Okay. And you, sir? Uh, I'm excited. I've really been looking forward to the distance, uh, especially some of the longer races this year because I missed Big Bear because I got sick. Um, I've been 
doing a lot of volume, a lot, a lot of elevation, and last year I didn't get to attack this race, and I felt, dis leaving the race, I felt very disappointed, uh, and this year I'm really looking forward to attack it and leave everything I have out on the mountain. So when you say you've been throwing some volume down, what kind of miles are you getting in a week? Uh, I've been running about 60, 70 miles a week. Good. Uh, about 14 hours, so 90% of that's been on trail. Okay. Game, so. Excellent. I know you've been getting some volume. I have, yeah. Probably pretty much around there, too. Um, 60, 70? Yep, yeah. Um, peaking around 70-something. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy the high-volume stuff. Um, I think with Tahoe, there's always that element of just you have to go in... I, I guess part of it is us being so young too. You, we want to do, we want to place well, but at the same time, it's just as important to feel like you ran your good race because um, you yeah. can't control who else shows up. And I know that's kind of kind of cheesy, but so yeah, um, I, I think it's always a win when you can finish the race feeling strong, feeling okay, and um, knowing you gave it your best shot. That's definitely part of it, um, especially for a race at this venue with the elevation, all the variables. Um, and obviously we all want to do well, um, but it's a learning game coming up from, you know, we're, we're young, so yeah, <laughs> it's, sure. it's a different, different game for us, uh, but it's cool. It's fun. Well, the advantage is they're getting older <laughs> yeah. and, and you guys Hopefully are going to replace them yeah. <laughs> as they get older. So speaking of who we're going to replace, <laughs> I know that every one of you has that, that guy that you one day hope that you can be? Or girl. Or girl. I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that. <laughs> if and I could be the guys too, that would I was going to say, that's not bad either. That'd be cool. So I don't want like a, I don't want like a, a history lesson of all the guys. There's like, if you got a guy's face on your refrigerator, who's that guy for you? Um, it'd probably be the person I looked up to most in this sport, and that's got to be Ryan Atkins. I mean, okay. he's the most versatile athlete, I think, in the sport right now, he can win everything from a 3K to an Ultra Beast and a 24-hour race. It's it's amazing, and um, I think the the balance of that of, of athletics just to be able to get that guy is, is quite amazing. So if I could reach his level and even surpass that level, that would be incredible. Well, that, that is the plan. That, that is, is the plan for sure. You know, James plan to win everything. Uh, for me, it's got to be Robert Killian. You know watching him win the 2015 Spartan uh, World Championship, that made me realize that I didn't just want to do this as a hobby. Like, I knew at that point that I'd wanted, I wanted to do this forever, but just as a hobby, that made me realize I wanted to take stuff seriously. I wanted to take my training seriously, my nutrition seriously, and I wanted to see how far can I take this, how good can I get. And for, ever since then, it's just like I always look up to him. I'm always rooting for him, and yeah. You, sir? Uh, the person I probably look up to the most is Robert Killian. Uh, he's the guy who got me into the sport. Uh, the first time I ever heard about Spartan Race or OCR was the 2015 uh, Tahoe Championships on TV, on NBC. Uh, and just some of the characteristics he uh, shows with his hard work, his determination, especially last year at World's Toughest Mother, he went out for a second lap not even thinking about it. And I just want to be able to represent myself the same way and just continue to put in the work and prove to everyone that I can be at the same level. You, my dear? Um, well, I have to say I really look up to Lindsay for her consistency and her prowess in pretty much every element of the sport, but um, I think it'd be cool to um, 
get to phase level. She's been a really great mentor for me since last year, and uh, she's she's an amazing athlete with so much with so much grit, and I um, I identify with that. So to be able to uh, beat the master one day would be cool. You know, the the, the trainee becomes the master. That'd be cool. Yeah, she's awesome. Training with her. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, we got together for your clinic in California, and since then she's been in New York, so right nearby. And uh, yeah, she's been exploring our local trails, and we've we've had a blast. And she's been really uh, uh, super helpful and a nice guy. By the way, I, I browbeat her earlier today uh. over screwing up your taper. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, she's still a little too fast for me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, she's been great, and uh, she's so encouraging and. Um, yeah, if I could get to her level one day, that'd be yeah, pretty I, cool. Yeah, I, I really did. You asked her. I grieved on her for oh, God. messing with your taper. <laughs> Don't be mad at her. No. It's me being more eager than anything. I told her that. Yeah. I said, you're like a little hunting dog. You just, yeah. just want to hunt. Guilty. Just got to hunt, got to hunt, got to hunt. <laughs> got to go. And uh, I think a lot of us, um, we have bright futures ahead of us, for sure. And we all know that. Um, but it's really a time game. I mean, you look at the world of endurance sports and, and who are the best guys in the world. Um, you know, mid thirties, late thirties. It's like six to ten years on us. That's even when more. endurance athletes start peaking. So, around thirty four, thirty five, from what research and stuff that I've seen, is when an endurance athlete at the longer distances, say half marathon to marathon distance, that's when they're at their prime for that. Would you agree with that? Well, right? yeah, but you have to also take into account that the fundamentals that led them to be at that peak at that thirty ish years old was the development that happened in their 20s, you know? Years and the, years. The pedigree that they created through sport, uh, competing, collegiate level, whatever. Uh, and as a matter of fact, Faye and I had that discussion earlier today. She said, if, she goes, I don't want to sound like this, but she said the reason that these people are doing what they're doing is because of the, the, the base development that they have over years and years and years, and the knowledge they developed in their competitions and what have you. So um, it's an interesting thing. And, and so I don't think you guys should put any pressure on yourselves right now. And you know, I, I really don't, short of slitting your tires. Yeah, I gotta drive home. <clears throat> yeah but I mean, at the end of the day, I, I look at this developmental stage. It's like you guys are putting it in right now, and coming out of it in another year, two years, that's when the things are going to start to happen. And the cool thing, quite frankly, is that as the sport evolves, that's going to be great for you guys because these, these guys are trendsetters. These guys are the, the first adopters. They're, they're the guys that went out there and blazed the trail so that when things mature and money comes into the sport, which I, I, you know, I pray and hope every day that that will come to fruition, then you'll be in line for this. So it won't be, I mean, I know guys that are pros in the sport that are disenchanted with the amount of effort they put in relative to the earnings that they take out of it. Yeah, and you know sure. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, you pull down twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year, and you're looking at essentially a lifetime of, of dedication to try to earn that little bit. And so... It needs to turn around. And even money aside, I think uh, how cool is it that we're growing up with OCR already established? Um, sure. So, like, I didn't start running until I ran a race and was like, I want to get better at this. So as opposed to having trained for something else all my life and all your lives, like, 
this is where we want to develop and we have the chance to do it with OCR already being as big as it is and the races being here and um, growing up in the sport as opposed to growing up somewhere else and mm -hmm. then transferring, uh, which is really cool. I think that's a cool advantage. Well, uh, I probably shouldn't say what I'm going to say next. Oh, gosh. But um, you know me. I say what I'm thinking. And I don't have anybody that I work for that's going to, you know, chastise me after the fact. But I'll share with you something. Those that know about me know that I have a background in triathlon. And I produced and directed the first professional triathlon for CBS Sports in 1984. Now, when I say first professional event, there were money races prior to that time, but the sport was not set up to actually have a pro division. And the last race, I used to own a race, and the last race that I, that I well, last race that was considered an amateur event the athletes that were competing at the time uh, were their legends today. Scott Tinley, Scott Molina, Dave Scott, Mark Allen. These guys were, the, they are to this day, the legends of the sport of triathlon. And Scott Tinley competed in my, my last event that we, we actually covered for television. And he had put duct tape over the singlet he was wearing because it had the manufacturer's logo on it. And the race number had a, a company name. It was Runner's World Magazine. He folded that down so that didn't show. Anything that had a logo on him, he covered with duct tape. And essentially what he was doing is he was quietly rebelling against the fact that we're putting all this work in and we don't earn any money in this sport. Mm -hmm. And in that race, it was 1983, it was the Maui Triathlon, Scott Molina and Scott Tinley tied. They basically held hands through the finish line because they agreed, why kill ourselves? We're not going to make any money here. Now, I had things to give away. I had gifts. And I had, I had arranged to give a road bike to the winner. And I actually have a, a photo somewhere on the podium where I had the two of those guys standing in front of me and I held the bike over them, in front of them. I said, you guys figure this shit out. Because I only had one bike to give away. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make, and I think it's a really important point, and I don't think anybody talks about this, is you don't want to sell your soul for a couple bottles of supplements mm. that somebody wants you to tag yourself and tag them and develop their multi-billion dollar business on your blood, sweat, and tears if they're not willing to pay you. You young guns need to realize that everything you do today is what's going to develop this future for you. And this is an old man talking. I've been around this a long time, and you've, you've heard me fight with you about this before. Totally. Be careful. You know, don't sell your soul. Don't let somebody come up and say you had a shining event and they want to put a t-shirt on you and whatever and you're represented because then you feel like you're part of something and you feel like you know now you're you know you're being sponsored don't go down that rabbit hole unless they're willing to pay you and if they don't pay you eventually they will eventually they'll pay you your just dessert and I, I don't mean to cause to be political with this but sitting at a table of young athletes it comes to mind 
So I'm off this point. So unless you have any comments regarding this. I've heard the spiel many times. I've told you this yeah. many times. Yeah. And I mean, it's like if you go to the bank and you need to borrow money, remember what I just said. If you need to borrow money, they're not going to give it to you. If you don't need the money, the bank is going to litter your mailbox <laughs> with offers to give you money. You get it? Yeah. And so you keep going to the hole and you'll get rejected over and over and over again. And I had this conversation with another pro in the sport. I'm not going to use his name simply because he probably wouldn't have a problem with it, but we discussed this. It's like you kill yourself for $20,000 in a year. And just the travel alone to get here. You, you came from the East Coast. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of money to get here yeah. to do what you do, right? And um, so for whatever it's worth, um, I, I got your back. I mean, I'm not looking to be, you know, your manager or your, your, your publicist, but I'm just telling you, as you're coming up, I'm looking at you because you're the youngest in the room. No, be careful with this because you're going to get great. One day you'll be great because you have the right ambition, you have the right fortitude, and you're going to do the things you need to do, and there'll come a time where it's going to start to really bear fruit. But you got to make sure you don't, you don't sell your soul cheap. And... When you have friends that are going to come up around you that are going to want to get in the same game with you, you need to school them too. You need to front up and say, look, don't do it. And you know, I, I, Anyway, for whatever it's worth. No, I really appreciate that. It's always a good reminder to just like, know your worth. You do. I mean, listen, I'm in the same business, and I'll have people accost me regularly to want me to do something or, or give honorable mention or endorse their product or their brand. And at the end of the day, I've worked hard to be in a position to provide that endorsement where people care, right? So a shoe manufacturer wants to throw me a pair of shoes, I'll buy them. You want me to talk about your shoe because you gave me a pair of shoes? No, I'll buy your shoes if I like your shoes. But I'm not going to talk about them for you, you know? And, and I'm just using that as an analogy. And, and I'm just telling you that... There will come a time when you'll get 10 no's and somebody will say yes. But only if they realize that you're the guy that's going to say no. They won't even ask you until they, you know, unless they're serious about doing business with you. So I, I'm done with the uh, intellectual property lesson. <laughs> so you, you guys mentioned who you revere as your guy or girl. How are you going to beat them tomorrow? How are you going to beat Lindsay tomorrow? Oh, I'm going to get in her head. I, I, you know, my, no. Get her drunk tonight? Oh, yeah. Well, um, well. Uh, Kick her in the shins? <laughs> are we being realistic here? Or <laughs> what's going on? I'm, not, I'm just making some recommendations. Yeah. That's all. Um, well, I'm not one to trash talk or anything like that. Um, I'm being serious. I, okay. Let's see. How to beat Lindsay Webster um, or Faye. I'd have to have the race of my life. That's for sure. And, uh. I think for me, it's all a mind game. I let nerves get the best of me sometimes. So just uh, getting out there and not letting little, you know, not little losses, but little mistakes uh, trip you up for too long. You kind of just got to get up, get right back at it. And uh, if you can keep, if I could keep those girls in sight for a while um, and stay on their tail and break them down little by little, that'd be the idea. But um, yeah, try not to set expectations too high like you said not too much pressure on ourselves yet it's i don't know about you guys but i think it's kind of cool 
Um, I find in my training a lot of the motivation comes from the fact that it is kind of a patience game for us and like we are still building um, and like with time and with dedication we could get to that peak that we're aiming for but um, it doesn't have to happen right now and it's not going to happen right now we're working to it I find that as major motivation strike that don't say it's not going to happen right now well I mean like it's (laughs) it doesn't happen Rome wasn't built in a day so the development is coming, and we're, we're, at, we're, we're at where we are at right now, and um, that has to be enough for today. It sounds like a consolation speech. No, no. I coach you. You're not allowed to talk like that. Uh, okay. Your well, attitude should be, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to do the best I can absolutely. to beat these girls. Oh yeah, no, that's not. I'm not saying I'm not going to do that. She's not saying um, she's going to go for a, a stroll in the park. No, absolutely. I'm I'm going to give you, it everything look I have. At you, you, you settled for second at Noran. <laughs> you mentally settled for second. I didn't see him around the corner. I, I didn't know he was. He that was close. only around the corner. I know, but I didn't know he was that close, so I jogged it in. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, hello. It's not over until it's over. Well, right. You know. Top, Going back on Callie's point of the building process, I use that as an excuse all the time for taking a day off. I say, I'm still building, you know? I was <laughs> saying it's motivation. <laughs> I wasn't looking for an excuse. Listen, I was saying it's cool to know. Listen, that's for me to discuss with people. When I talk about you, I say, well, we're building. Right. But you don't, you always have to be that, that, that aggressive, uh, you want to win, you're going to win. You've got to go into it with the attitude, you're going to win. Absolutely. Every and if they, take it with you, if they take it from you, you can settle with that. You can make your peace with it. But you've got to go in there with the attitude that I'm going to take this today. A good friend of mine, an amazing athlete, world-renowned athlete, told me this once upon a time. He said his mantra is fast bite. Now, you have to realize he's from South Africa. So they're different, right? <laughs> Fast bite. And I'm looking at him like, what? And he said, think of a pit bull. When a pit bull bites, it doesn't think, should I bite? How hard should I bite? When should I let go? It just bites. When you race, you need to think fast bite. I'm here to win this race. And and I, I'm bringing this up for a very important reason because I have athletes I've worked with that get near one of their heroes and it's almost like they take time to genuflect and let the guy beat them down. <laughs> it's like you're running ahead and the guy's just behind you and you freak out and he takes you. Where he might have been freaking out that you're ahead of him. But, you know, it becomes a poker game. You just, you just threw it in. Because he, he had that mental edge up over you. He owned you. And we talked about this earlier. You look back at somebody, they steal your power. They steal your power. You don't look back. You look forward. And you just keep doing what it is that you had planned to do in order to get this done. Right. And I'd like to clarify that yeah. when I was bringing up the fact that we are still building, I was saying I use that for motivation in my training. When it gets tough, when I feel like I'm not making strides where I should, I think it's cool to continually remind myself, I, I don't know if you guys do, um, there's more work to be done and there's more progress to make. So where you're at right now is that's, that's where you are. You give it your all and you do your best to uh, 
hang with the top and then hold on to the fact that hopefully it only gets better from here. Not, not using an excuse. You yeah, don't like no. that? Why no, don't you I'm like not, that? still not buying it. Why? I'm still not um, buying it. No, I think it's cool. I, I think it helps me See, because, think, look, at, your coach is the guy that talks about fundamentals. Okay. And how, yeah, tomorrow is going to be a better day and all this kind of stuff. But everything you've done so far in the last so many months was to take you to this point. And tomorrow's the day. Yeah, to I lay agree it all with all out that. There. To I, lay it all I, out I, there. No, when did I say I was going to lay it well, all out Well, but you're already totally excusing agree. yourself. No. Don't excuse yourself. No. Okay. Just say, guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm taking out my hero. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so I need you to get like a little doll <laughs> and, and just punch it in the face in your, in your room tonight. Just like a voodoo doll. Stick oh, pins God. in it. Two voodoo dolls. And Richard, I, and Richard operates under the idea of your competitors are like your enemy, so you need to like draw their face like on your mirror and like you know exactly. shadow box. Exactly. You know? I, so so what I do, you know, I I go rocky sometimes every once in a while. So I run up to the top of this mountain and I scream out Killian's name, Killian. Adrian. <laughs> yeah, Killian. Like I'm coming for him, you know. So I want to I want everybody to you know take that uh, tonight, you know. Uh, Put your put your uh, your competitor up on your wall. Do a little shadow boxing and, and get ready for that next competition. That's what I'm talking about. A little That's dart right. throwing. That's what like I'm that. talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. See, he's closer to me than you are. Yeah. Because he sees me once a week. Oh yeah. That's he's true. Start, I'm starting to get that in his head now. Yeah, I can see it. You know, I've worked with professional boxers, world champions. I'm talking title holders. Runners. World champions. And if you've ever watched a professional boxing match. There's all this smack mouth that goes in before the, ra- before the fight, which is to get more people to watch it, to pay more money so that they have more money to earn. And as soon as the fight's over, they hug each other. So that's and, what Hunter does. And they, and they reach out, and they shake hands with the management, and they shake hands with everybody in the other camp, and they go out and maybe have a beer or something together, and they're actually friends. They don't hate each other. But they, but they, they have to go into this with the attitude that I used to have a friend that said, when we run together, yes, once, a, once upon a time I used to run pretty well. The guy would run with me. He's an Italian guy. He said, when you get in front of me, I tell myself he's going to kill my mother. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't catch him, he's going to kill my mother. And so they, he had this rage that just to not let me get in front of him. And we were best of friends. We were friends for 20 years. And we didn't hate each other, but believe me, I, if, I, if I could make him think that's what was happening and it would work for me, I would put that out there for him. So I'm trying to give you a pep talk. I don't see anybody here that's not going to win tomorrow. All those guys out there, they're doing the PR routine, you know, getting in front of the cameras and stuff like that. They're going to get tired. Their feet are going to swell up from sitting around doing these interviews. And tomorrow you're going to own them, Right. Yeah, you think so? Sounds good. Yeah. Fair enough. BJ? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm super confident about tomorrow. Every, okay. time, every time I tell the line, I'm thinking I have the capability of winning this race. Never know what's going to happen. Obviously, I'm much more of a short course guy. That's my you know, my wheelhouse. But I've been... Uh, Rich, Rich has been putting me through some work these last uh, few weeks. He's been, uh, we've been doing some mountain running, so... I'm, I'm interested to see how this pays off, and, I, and I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm actually really excited. I'm, I'm going to take down this course once and for all. Like, 
DJ, I just want to interject real quick. You were a short course guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't ask you, how, how much volume are you putting in? Um, 55, 60 plus miles a week. Nothing too crazy, just, you know, enough to be getting my long runs with a little bit of speed work in there. And uh, I get enough that I'm comfortable with it. And I feel like I'm making the strides I need to for that distance, but it's not so much that I feel overwhelmed and always tired. That's smart. That's good. Smart. Perfect. 60 miles a week, not overwhelmed. <laughs> I'd like to point out that I was a successful racer with 25 to 35 miles a week for most of this year. On short courses. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had a couple super podiums at Championship Series. Don't. That's a short course. Well, I guess so. In the grand it's half. It's half grand, this. In the grand scheme of things, yeah, but, you know. So I've, I've probably bumped up to 55 miles a week now, and it is massive, huge. It's unbelievable for me. I can't imagine running more than that, but I'm going to do it anyways. You're going to. I think the bumped up volume, as long as you're doing it with guidance and you're making sure that you're feeling good, as you're, you can't just obviously go from zero to 100 miles an hour. Like, um, same with zero to 100 miles a week. Like, that's not realistic. But if you're, <laughs> um, well, she's a different animal too, but... Um, like, I don't know, for me, peak week for New Jersey Beast that I ended up, that was one of my best races of the year, was 80 miles. But it was a gradual buildup. It, was, it wasn't from, I, I never ran seriously until Bitching this past and moaning the whole No, week. I don't complain. I, I'm conservative, so I was nervous about what you programmed. But I love it all, and I was so happy that I felt great. So I think the increased mileage does show if you do it right and do it properly. I think there is a place for it in people's training. I don't know. I like it, but you, you learn to love distance. It's just one yeah. of those things you fall in love with it, and eventually you just can't get enough of it. Totally. Well, the irony of this conversation right now is that a lot of people that are going to listen to this are thinking to themselves, "Damn, I'm only getting 15 miles a week." Because there's a lot of people out there that their inability to run well is limiting their ability to run longer, and. Obviously enough, that's how I make my living, is because I'm helping people to find the other side of it so they can get the volume that they need so that they can get to this place. Because, you know, in this sport, if you can't put down that kind of volume, you're not going to be competitive. It's going to be very difficult to be competitive if you don't have comfort in a 50-mile week. Closing question. What's in your head on the starting line that's going to be your motivating mantra. You want to start? I'll, I'll start it off. I okay. mean, um, I have the randomest stuff go through my head. I don't have a, a process. Um, I do have a playlist that I listen to, you know, before I, while I'm warming up. But um, So what do you listen to? Uh, I got some Logic on there. I got some Imagine Dragons. Yes. I, uh, they get pretty hyped. But, you know, none of that really affects me. If I don't have music, it, it, it doesn't, I'm not like, oh, man, I forgot my, yes. my key to my race or anything. So when I'm on the start line, I'm just, I don't really go out with a strategy. You know, I'm going to conserve here. I'm going to push here. I, I come from that cross-country mentality of just attacking all the time. You just attack the whole time until you can't. And if that ends up being past the finish line, then perfect. Um, so... So that's, that's probably my mantra, just attack, you know. So that's how I'm going to hit it tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to race where I feel like I can race the best until, until I can. And hopefully that well, that's better than that Amelia thing that you said a little while ago. <laughs> I feel better with that. James? Uh, for me, I think to myself, like right before we go, I think 
be a shark. You know, sharks are scary. People, <laughs> when people see a shark, they're like, holy crap, that's a great white shark. They're like, I don't want to screw with it. It strikes the, it strikes fear into people's hearts. And I just think, you know, have that mentality race like that. And that's why I got the uh, great white shark tattoo. Woo, yes. yeah. Is to remind myself constantly, be a shark. Don't ever let that mentality go away. Just when you, when things get hard, shark. be a shark. Nice. Uh, at the start line, I'm really focused. Uh, I s- study the course. I s- know exactly what I'm going to do. And so I think uh, my favorite quote is, luck is the last dying wish of those who hope that winning can happen on accident. Sweat, on the other hand, is for those who know it's a choice. So I just think you put in the work. Say that again. Go. I want to hear that again. Luck is the last dying wish of those who hope that winning can happen on accident. Sweat, on the other hand, is for those who know it's a choice. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. That's awesome. Um, Well, I'm definitely down with the Imagine Dragons VJ was talking about. Um, (laughs) If you listen to the song Thunder, you know, we're basically mentioned in it in the first line. You know, just a young gun. I like to remind myself that. No. Um, But as far as mantras go, um, my my favorite, um, well, I try to just make sure to practice gratitude throughout because I know it's cheesy, but I find I race the best when I'm smiling and looking out like we're in a beautiful place and it's just cool to be here so um i find i race the best and most relaxed when i'm trying to enjoy myself too but in terms of a mantra um conviction and comfort don't live on the same block is something i repeat to myself a lot um look at you guys man i love it i love that one it's short it's simple and it reminds me to just uh get my butt in gear so I my mantra is retire these old guys. <laughs> <laughs> that would make things a lot easier, wouldn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I go for. Well, I've always said, chance favors the prepared mind, mm. which is essentially the shortcut of what you said, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, best of luck to all you guys, and uh, I'm very very excited to have you here, and I'm sure you're going to make us all proud for generations to come. Thanks so much, Richard. It's been fun. Catch you on down the road. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, Rich. I really appreciate it, and it's great getting to talk with everybody. Yeah, cool. Yeah, thank you for shining the spotlight on the young guns. The young guns. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.